in, in consolation, encouragement, uh, in all matters. And they were, and just like we do, um, people were given, this is the scripture that we're talking about, God's word, that they would remember that, they would sing it, they would hear it, they would remember it, and they could have that, that they could carry that with them when they went out away from the time of worship. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure each and every one of you, if you've been saved for any amount of time, you've probably got at least one or two or three hymns that you can, you don't need the hymn book to, to sing them when it comes up. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, it's something that should and get printed in there. And it's something that can be of benefit to us when we're outside the walls of worship. <clears throat> and so, that first, that first sentence, it says, Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. This simple sentence, four phrases make a good outline for a fruitful Christian life. Take time to be holy. This reflects the understanding that holiness, like every virtue, requires time and attention to develop it. It doesn't come easy or overnight. It comes with work. Years ago, <clears throat> I used to hear a lot about the pursuit of happiness. And indeed, we know in the preamble of the Constitution, the promises life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our country in, in times past has enjoyed that. The pursuit of happiness being looked upon as the, the ability to gain property and, and wealth and to be able to use it for your own ends and the benefit of others. But, you know, I've never heard the term, the pursuit of holiness. But that's what God says in his word. He says, be holy as I am holy. And, you know, the United States of America was favored with an environment where people could go out and they could pursue happiness, a life, a fruitful life in the temporal sense, and be rewarded. If they worked at it and they gave their heart and minds to it, we know the, the many, many success stories that have come in, you know, in our country. And even a viewer, we ourselves, to think of how we're blessed to be Americans, even in this day, you know, of, of failing freedoms, that we're, most of us have, have more, more wealth than three out of four people in this world, probably, of the billions and billions that live in poverty in India, in the backwoods of China, and so on, in Islam, in the countries of Islam. So, speak, take time to be holy. It's something that we need to make a decision about, that we're going to set our heart, that we're going to, to do that. And it says, speak oft with thy Lord. Communication with God in prayer is necessary for holiness. Jesus was much given to prayer to himself with his Father. The Bible counsels us to pray without ceasing and means that it should, we should have a heart to ever, to ever hold up petitions before God for ourselves and for our fellow man. 
And the Bible also says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, read a holy man, availeth much. Where does righteousness come from? Well, in the, again, in the positional sense, it comes through salvation, but righteousness comes living through a right life, a holy life following the dictates of God's word. That relationship with God is like any relationship that we know in, in, this, uh, in this existence, with families, friends, whatever. Uh, we only get to know someone through communication. And when those lines of communication are good, there can be fellowship, there can be understanding, there can be growth within, within family units and uh, with friends. In the same way with God, as our friendship can deepen, um, you know, I've known some of these, some of you, especially the Humphreys, I've known them since they were toddling around. You know, and I've known them, and I know them a lot better now than I did uh, when they were in, in, well, even in my Sunday school class in my teens. But I learned a lot about them in those days. <laughs> Not pointing any fingers at anybody. But really, if we're going to, if we're going to, God communicates through us through the times where we're, when we're communicating with him. And it says there, abide in him always. To abide is to continue permanently or in the same state, to be firm and immovable. This is something that's being talked about in John chapter 15, verse 5, where Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. What, what is going on here he's talking about is that the branch, us, takes on the characteristics of the vine, of God, of Christ, as we're connected with him and we're drawing upon his strength and vitality. If the branch is separated from the vine, it has no life, it has no fruit. If we're going to be fruitful in our service to God, we need to be connected to God through our prayer time, through our meditation time, through the time that we spend with him. And that, you know, and we make God our abode. We make special time to be with him. And there's no bad time to come before God in prayer. And it says, and feed on his word. So, <clears throat> Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And so, when we have it here, then we can deal with the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we think. <laughs> I like Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. I just came, I was just thinking on this before I came over here. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 3. It says, There blessed he that is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Read, hear, and keep those things that are written in this book. We can know blessing of God. <clears throat> the Old Testament patriarch Job, he knew some things of God. He said, 
neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. He'd made, he'd made a decision that he was going to follow after the commandments of God. And though this was before the time when, when the Bible had ever be, began to be given uh, by Moses, the written word, he still had scripture. I think the last message I preached about that, he had, the believers of those, of those days had documents that probably came off a, off a Noah's Ark that were kept by them and they were copied and shared with other believers about the things of God. He could write about in, in Job chapter 16, he says, I know that my Redeemer liveth and that though rains, uh, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I see God. He knew about the resurrection 2,000 years, 3,000-4,000 years before the time of Christ. So, but he said, I have neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. Well, just as we need food to take in to fuel the, fuel the physical self, if you, if you deny yourself food, you're going to die. You'll have no growth. That little baby, the little the children, if you don't feed them, they're going to they're gonna get sick and they're going to wither and they're going to die. But if we don't take in God's word, you know, you're saved. You're good to go. But are you growing spiritually? We can't grow spiritually without taking in God's word. Hearing it, remember? Read, hear, and obey those things of God. And in that, just like, you know, the weightlifters, Jordan and some of these guys, they go out and they pump iron, they get stronger, they build up. Megan back there smiling, she's a ninja warrior, you know. But yeah, you, when, you, when, you, when you exercise, you grow, you, those muscles grow strong. You become fit, you become able, able to do work. When, we, when you pump spiritual iron, you'll grow spiritually, you become more stronger in your faith and your ability to, to keep God's word and to witness to others. You know, you, you can't witness of what you don't know. You can't give testimony to anybody unless you have the knowledge of uh, able to use that sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Okay, and of course we know Matthew 4, 4 verse 4, Jesus said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, take time to be holy, speak off with thy Lord, cultivate that fellowship. You see, you have no true relationship with God. If you haven't been born into God's family, you have no you can't have no true fellowship with God. You're not holy. You have no holiness in you. The lost person can never please God in any of the works that he does. But God says he's given us his word. Jesus described himself. We just had the teaching this last Sunday about Jesus as the bread of life. If you take, it, if you take in the bread of life, you'll have spiritual life and vitality and blessing. And then verse 2, it says, take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Sometimes I feel like I'm caught in the, in the current of a river, you know, at flood, flood stage, just being carried along through life. Sometimes it's, it seems to me it's like uh, 
when I lived down in Juneau in 76, 77, 78, they used to, I, live out on, I lived out on Douglas Island across from Juneau. I worked in Juneau. used to have to walk to work uh, every day. And you'd have to cross the, uh, the Juneau-Douglas Bridge, cross the Gastineau Channel. Well, sometimes the wind would blow. They call it Taku Winds. And the, the Gastineau Channel, it, it's like the Venturi in a carburetor, if you know what people mean when you, when, when you when you run, uh, when the wind goes through there, it, it, the, when it's constricted, it speeds up and it gets more powerful. So oftentimes when the, when the Williwa or when the Taku winds would blow, it would blow 80, 90, 100, 110 miles an hour. And there was times when I would be going into work and I'd be going across that bridge and you had to literally fight your way to every post and stanchion to get, to get across because you were getting that much resistance. And sometimes it seems to me that that's the way life is. It's just a battle. You know, that Juno Douglas Bridge was a hump, humpback bridge, too, and it was, it was hard just getting up. When you get over on the other side, it'd be a little bit better, but sometimes life is like that. The world has an effect on us, and sometimes it can be deleterious. We know that the world can have influences, and the inf influences of the world can be great. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And we know it was that three-pronged attack that caused Adam and Eve to sin against God when they made the choice to, to believe the lies of Satan. <clears throat> and what... What we need to be striving for, we should be seeking to make sin a captive rather than becoming a captive of sin. Again, we should be making sin a captive, holding it at bay, putting it in jail, mortifying that flesh, rather than becoming a captive of sin. So, again, spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. That's the time when, you know, uh, some of the most uh, sweetest uh, moments that I know, and we'll look at this a little bit more towards the end, but uh, just when, uh, when you're quiet and alone before God, and he begins to speak to you as you open up to him, and then he opens up to you. It says there, by looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shall see. And that is just exactly what God wants from us. He says, be holy in all manner of conversation, in all parts of our lifestyle. He wants to be able to evidence of himself through us. Identification of the world is no profit to the Christian. And it says then again, verse 3, Take time to be holy, let him be thy guide. So, you know, what good is a guide if you don't follow him? And what good is a Bible if you don't read it? Those are rhetorical questions, of course. If we don't follow the guide that knows the way, the path that we should be on, we're going to end up in trouble. 
It says, and run, run not before him, whatever be tied. <clears throat> um, this is, gives good advice to those seeking holiness. It's a very dangerous position for us to get into when we get ahead of the Lord's will. What I'm talking about is when we step out in our own strength in what we think or feel is right, rather than seeking first the counsel of God, exercising that prudent man principle, the prudent man foreseeth the evil, and he hideth himself, he holds himself back, but the simple pass on or punish, the naive, the easily led. Well, believers can, can enter into that too. We can be easily led, we can be fall into sinful habits and ways if we don't seek the counsel of God. We can get before him, and it's easy to do. Um, in the same token, it's also uh, just as dangerous to get behind God. Okay, in my own in my own early Christian life, I was saved August twenty sixth, nineteen eighty two. Tomorrow my anniversary, okay? In 1985, I was, became a member of this church. I was baptized in, in March of 1987. I was called to preach, and shortly thereafter, I ended up into a marriage arrangement with a lady that ended up being not saved. And what happened was I got, a, I got behind the Lord in my calling to the ministry. I didn't put the value on it that I should have, and instead of getting up here where I needed to be, I stayed out there in, in Gacona and Sourdough area. And uh, what happened to me is, is just, I don't want it ever to happen to any of you. Okay? Now, here's, what, here's, here's the way it works. We're Christian soldiers. When, when the soldier's taught, you go out on the battlefield, you go out in a formation... You stay together, you keep in contact with one another, you can protect one another. But I was a part of this church, but I was, I was way out in left field. You see, when the, if you, when, the, when the enemy looks for those that stray away from the, from the, from the organization, from the group, from the from whatever, because they're easy, easy to take out, and that's the ones the sniper is going to take out. That's the ones the sapper is going to take out. I know. Don't let yourself be found in that position of getting ahead of the Lord and not seeking his will and allowing yourself to be cut off by Satan. Okay? When the realization came, when my wife left me and I, was, and I found myself out there in the, in the woods without, any, without the spiritual support that I needed here, uh, I, was, I was under rack and ruin. It didn't have to be. If I'd have heeded my call to the ministry first and foremost, I would have entered into that marriage, or I would have waited until perhaps things would have worked out a different way. So, follow the Lord. Let Him be your guide. Don't run ahead. Don't lag behind either. Stay in those footsteps. Stay close to him. Abide with him always. Remember? That's what he says. Abide in the vine. Stay close to me. Stay connected. Then you can receive blessing. Okay. 
in joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord, and looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. And you know, um, a true follower of Christ will not find it grievous to walk in the footprints of his Savior. Then the last verse we're going to look at, it says, Take time to be holy, be calm in thy soul, each thought and each motive beneath his control. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And this, this is what I was going to relate to. You know, so many times, uh, that's one thing that I'm afforded now is uh, being retired. Uh, I've got more time to just be still and be quiet and to have quality time with God. Um, that's something that we should be seeking to have. You know, uh, quality time with a spouse or our children is something that's vital and something that's very, very needed, but we should also be seeking to have quality time with God. And sometimes that means removing yourself from, you know, the situation and, and getting quiet and alone with Him. I've been afforded that. I can't tell you the number of times I've sat on my deck weeping as, the Lord, as I talked to the Lord and He talked to me. And I knew the blessing of the Holy Spirit uh, as he touched my heart. And nothing greater, nothing greater, you know, in this existence to know uh, that closeness with God. He wants that for us. He wants that for you and for me. That we can know the, the assurance of our salvation. We can know the assurance of the position that we have with him in life. And then it says, each thought and each motive beneath his control and again, certainly, all this scripture, I know you've heard this. I know you've heard this. But it's how we apply it and how we use it that defines who we are and our relationship with God in the matter of seeking this matter of personal holiness. The Bible says in, in, in regarding this matter of each thought and each motive beneath his control, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are, of, are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. <clears throat> What's talking about there is biblical mind control. That's hard. I fight that all the time. I used to think that when I got older, you know, the lust of the flesh wouldn't be as vital and as strong as they are when I, as I, when I was young. That's no, not true. I have to fight those things, and I have to fight the eye gate, the things that I see and think and hear about, um, even more and more every day, it seems. I think this matter of, and it says, and those things which ye both have learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know, this church is, is getting set now again to take a, uh, an advance against, not the enemy, but for, for the Lord in going into the native villages and seeking to, uh, to sow some seed to see how this, this winnowing process might bring some vital souls that are seeking uh, spiritual truth. And as Pastor Demo said, there is and there has been and there will continue to be opposition. Okay? The position that we need to be in is seeking to be, be as holy, as separated to God 
and to his service that it is possible that we could be all unified as a church, working together for the cause of Christ to make a difference. Uh, we can draw upon the strength of each other. We can draw upon the strength of the Lord that the work will get done. And if we could see, we should be praying. This is one of the, as the, the prayers go up for the, for the native ministry, the tools that are being implemented for those, each and every one of us is going to have a part in it. And to be serious about it and expect God to work. You know, I've prayed and I, and I hope you understand, you know, we should be praying that we'd see the same kind of revival that's been going on in Botswana and Southern Africa and in the Far East and Fiji. You, did you see the video? What went on in Fiji in three years? Why can't that be here? What you're seeing is holy men that have gone there, God's servants that have gone there, that have humbled themselves, that are separated to God, they have a plan, they went out, and God blessed them. So, so how are we to meet God's challenge to be holy? Well, here's an interesting thought that came to me as I was finishing up, that perfection in life is impossible. But holiness is. Because God said so. That's what he would have for me. There's no perfect people in this existence. But every believer, that every saint, is that separated one that God would have us to be able to <coughs> use for our service. Positionally, we become holy in God's eyes when we're saved. And that's all of God. Practical holiness involves both God and us in our decision to conform, allow ourselves to be conformed to the image of Christ. Holiness involves maintaining communication with God, establishing a prayer life, and then building upon that prayer life. Holiness involves knowing and applying God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Holiness bees becomes, comes by being submissive to God's will. That means we have to seek his will and be willing to, to be surrendered to it. And holiness comes by exercising biblical mind control. That's hard. The ways of the things that the world has out there for us, it's a great, huge stumbling block, something that I deal with, something that we all deal with. But we can have victory over these things in the strength of the Lord. The Lord said, and he calls us, and he never, you know, I remember my own dad, I only knew him for nine years and worked with him every day. But I knew, and my dad, sometimes he challenged me with doing new stuff. But I knew my dad had never asked me to do anything that, that I couldn't do, that he knew I couldn't do. In that same way, God is not going to ask you and I to do anything that he knows that we can't do, but he'll give us the power and the ability to do it. If we're willing to, to surrender ourselves to him and allow him to use us as he would. So, be holy as I am holy. That's the challenge that's before us, before you, before this church. Okay, that's all I've got.